Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Happy Friday to you and yours. I hope you're not superstitious because it is Friday the 13th, Friday, January 13th, the year 2023. It's cold, huh? That wind? It's cold out there. And by this time in a few days, it'll be up in the 70s and 80s again. Who? Yeah. Go figure, right? Go figure. Anyway, we got a fun day uh, planned for you and yours, as we do each and every Friday. Get you ready for uh, your weekend and whatever fun things you have planned for that. Got a lot of sports involved, for sure. The NFL playoffs take center stage. We'll delve into all of those things and much, much more as my... Main man, my producer, James Mesh, sitting in that uh, master control suite with all those buttons in front of him. I don't know how he does what he does, but I'm glad he does. He's in the uh, the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on 1041 in the lovely village of Lake Charles. We're streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on and match the face to the voice because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. 17 up, 17 down. At home, on the road, it doesn't matter. Kim Mulkey and her fifth-ranked Tigers extended their best start in program history with another double-digit win, this time 77-57 over Missouri. They never trailed. It was never in doubt. The big story of the game was Alexis Morris, the starting point guard who was ill and um, didn't play much in the last game, came off the bench in this one. How about five for five from downtown Leading LSU with 24 points. Meanwhile, it's almost a shame that it goes without saying because it's become redundant. And when things become redundant, you take them for granted. But uh, Angel Reese logged her 17th consecutive double-double with 20 points and 12 rebounds. Is this a Final Four team? Boy, they're awfully close. So much will depend upon the draw, but... They just keep getting better, and they keep getting better. So we shall see. Uh, They return home uh, Sunday. Simone Augustus, the former Tiger great, will become the first female student athlete in LSU school history to have her own statue. That unveil is set for Sunday at 1245 on campus in the plaza between the LSU gymnastics facility and the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, that same area that has Pistol Pete and Shaq and Bob Pettit. And then at 2 o'clock, LSU will take on Auburn. Yes, indeed. Auburn. So um, the portal, excuse me, continues in college football. You get some, 
you lose some. You win some, you lose some. Um, Walker Howard this week, Xavier Carter, the LSU sophomore edge rusher, leaves as well. Um, And when you lose some, well, you gain some. And shortly after we learned of Carter's plans, LSU came out with a um, press statement acknowledging the addition of three transfers to the team. We'd already talked about cornerbacks J.K. Johnson of Ohio State and Deuce Chestnut of Syracuse. But the surprise came with edge rusher O.V. Ogufu, I guess. O-G-H-O-U-F-O. Ogufu. Whatever. Ovi, O-V-O, I'm going to call him. O-V-O. Uh, he played two years at Texas, logged 20 starts there after beginning his career playing for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. At Texas, he was twice named to the Big 12 Commissioner's Honor Roll, was credited with 96 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and four and a half sacks. So you lose one, you gain one. So if you're keeping track of this and, and, and counting and scoring this, the portal has given LSU 10 players while taking away 14 from the 2022 roster. There's going to be some more incoming. There's going to be some more outgoing in the coming week before the current 45-day portal window closes on January the 19th. So today is the 13th. Uh, The 19th is next Thursday. That's when the portal will close. A second portal window will open from May 1st through the 15th, allowing players to enter after spring practice so that's only that's only fair um recruiting is everything without question without doubt it's true in football it's true in basketball it's true in baseball six lsu baseball players have been named to the 2023 perfect game top 100 freshman list the list includes catchers brady neal and jared jones right-handed pitchers chase shores and Jaden newt outfielder paxton kling and infielder gavin gidry from louisiana um yeah you couple that signing class highlighted by those six with the nation's top transfer class. Well, now you know why the expectations are through the proverbial roof for LSU's 2023 baseball season gets underway in 35 days. And speaking of baseball, um, finally, finally some help coming to college baseball. The NCAA D1 Council approved a measure making, quote, volunteers full-time coaches effective July 1st, 2023. So after this baseball season, then these volunteers um, will become full-time coaches. So previously, a baseball team could only pay its head coach and two assistants. That meant a head coach would have to hire, say, uh, let's say a pitching coach and a recruiting coordinator and then bring in a volunteer to serve as hitting coach. Now, how do you bring in a guy to be a hitting coach and have him quote, be, quote, a volunteer? Well, they're compensated to some extent through boosters. Let's just call it what it is. Friends of the program. And to some extent with funds generated from baseball camps, which are run all the time, all the time. 
So with this latest change, all three positions can be filled by full-time paid coaches. So that's that's one step in the right direction for college baseball. Can you please, NCAA, with all the money you're getting from television, can you please increase the 11.7 scholarships that you allot to Division I players? I don't know what a working number is. I don't. But goodness gracious, can you get it up to maybe 15? 15. Um, whatever. Now, that would be terrific. That would be terrific. So step in the right direction for college baseball. Uh, on our guest list today, Larry Holder will join us. We'll do a little um, uh, little game, so to speak, of things like, uh, for instance, is Tom Brady going to be playing for Tampa Bay next year or some other team, or is he going to be retired? If Dallas loses Monday night, to Tampa Bay in the first round of the NFL playoffs, will Jerry Jones fire Mike McCarthy and hire Sean Payton to be their coach? Things like that. We'll get Larry Holder's opinion on that. Uh, we'll head to Tuscaloosa. Uh, I think Alabama has a Final Four team on their hands. They just went to Arkansas and beat them at Bud Walton Arena. They are uh, fourteen and two. They're unbeaten at home. They're really, really good. They're the fourth-ranked team in the country as we speak. Chris Stewart is the play-by-play -play voice of the Crimson Tide. We'll we'll talk to Chris about that. I think George Faust will join us from KLFY. Uh, I got it, buddy. George Becknell is um, vacationing, so he is not here today. But after our show, you hear um, Miguez and Mesh. We'll get those two knuckleheads on here, and uh, we'll do some picks. Uh, we'll take the the Pels at Detroit tonight. Got to get that one. The Pels are a uh, five-point favorite in the ball game, uh, And then we'll do all the NFL playoff games, and we'll pick LSU versus Bama in hoops. So that's what is uh, on the docket for today. Now, if you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, no worries. We have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, You'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. We also now have $40 gift cards to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. But you can only score these prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's really, really simple. So what's taking you so long? Just sign up and reap the benefits. All right. It's a Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Stick around. We'll be right back. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
right, we are back 17 minutes after the hour on this Friday, January 13th. Still to come, Larry Holder in this hour. We'll go over all the NFL playoff games. Speaking of the NFL, the Associated Press announced their NFL All-Pro team. And for the second, uh, for the third consecutive year, Saints linebacker Demario Davis makes the second team uh marking davis's fourth straight year with an all pro honor from the ap it's his third consecutive year on the second team specifically he was on the first team in 2019 davis is the only member from the saints to be recognized by the associated press after their seven and ten season um In addition to this, Davis was selected to the Pro Bowl back in December for the first time in his 11-year career. That farce of an event will be held February 2nd through the 5th in Las Vegas. As far as numbers are concerned, Davis closed out this season with a career-high six-and-a-half sacks and a team-high 109 tackles. He caught his third career interception, the first since 2019, recovered his seventh career fumble, first since 2018. He broke up an additional six passes, tallied eight quarterback hits, and made ten tackles for loss in his fifth season with the Saints. I would say other than Drew Brees, one of the greatest um, free agent acquisitions uh, that the Saints ever, ever had. As far as the AP honors go, um, you know, lots of really great players, but only a few can make it. The, The quarterback, First team, Pat Mahomes, running back, Josh Jacobs, and the guy who's always open at tight end, Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. As far as wide receivers are concerned, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and a unanimous selection, meaning all the panel of all 50 media members who voted, Justin Jefferson, the former LSU Tiger, um, highlights that. Um Edge rushers, boy, I, you know, Nick Bosa of the 49ers, Micah Parsons of, of Dallas. Um, so there you go. Uh, so congratulations to Demario Davis. But there's a reason why the Saints didn't make the playoffs. They just didn't have enough players step up and play well. Second team uh, Associated Press quarterback was um, Jalen Hurts of uh, Philadelphia. The running back was Nick Chubb. Uh, receivers A.J. Brown of Philly, Stefan Diggs of Buffalo, and C.D. Lamb of Dallas. The tight end was George Kittle. So um, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with uh, Lamar Davis, uh, Lamar Jackson, rather, um, not practicing, not playing. Is it really that he's hurt that badly? Is he holding out for a contract situation. Only Lamar Jackson knows that. I don't know. Would it be the first time somebody held out because they got their feelings hurt and didn't get the money that they wanted as compared to other quarterbacks? No, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, Coaches gamble playing players in week 18. Uh, None more so than the Chargers in in a basically meaningless game. Um, they got their wide receiver, Mike Williams, hurt, and he has been ruled out of their playoff game against Jacksonville with uh, a bad back. So, I mean, you know, you take it with you take it with a grain of salt. Um, 
It's like Mike Dable of the New York Giants said, oh, we're going to play our starters in this game, meaningless game. Yeah, he played it like an exhibition game. I think they had one one offensive drive, one defensive series, and they were out, and they rested and and went from there. So um, you roll the dice, and that's a big, big blow to Mike Williams and to the Chargers. Yeah. A meaningless game reportedly has a back fracture and is going to be ruled out for two to three weeks. So, you know, that's a a new coach, right? Uh, Veteran coaches really come to play at this time of the year. That experience really, really does help. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. Um Time will tell. Time will tell. So playoffs are are here. Um, Is there going to be a road team that wins it? Uh, Which is the most intriguing game? Um, You know, it's so funny. Um, Everybody in Dallas dealing with the Cowboys, every national media member, everybody around the world, nobody's talking about the actual game. They're all talking about uh, if the Cowboys lose, are they going to fire Mike McCarthy? Who has the most pressure on them, Jerry Jones or Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott? Meanwhile, over there in Tampa, with without question, the greatest quarterback from winning-wise concern, Tom Brady, they didn't said a word, not a peep, nothing, nothing. Um, it's very interesting, the approach. Dallas just seems to always have self-inflicted wounds. They always, that's just how they roll. They can't, they can't be quiet. They've got to talk. They've got to say, hey, you learn from your past mistakes. And this, that, and the meanwhile, Tom Brady's sitting there just practicing, studying film, not saying anything, just working. Just working. Dallas is the much better team, but does Dallas handle the pressure that they put upon themselves? Do they do that? Is Mike McCarthy thinking about, oh, my God, if I lose this game, I'm going to be gone, and Sean Payton's going to be in here and take my place? Who knows? But, you know, it's like you got to be smart and you got to just learn how to uh, avoid the noise and the distractions and just say, Hey, look, all that will come into play. We're just here to focus on the game, the most important game of our season, a playoff game. And we're getting ready for that. So, so we shall see uh, what happens along uh, those lines um, as the NFL playoffs get underway. Um, has Aaron Rodgers played his last game as a Green Bay Packer? The general manager says, manager of the Green Bay Packers says they're not ready to part ways with the 39-year-old quarterback. But don't don't the player and and management have to have a conversation? Don't they have to just say, "Look, do you want to be here?" Do you want to put in the work? We got a good team. Do you want to put in the work? Do you really want to be here? And if you do, let's get on the same page. We're tired of your antics. And now he's going to go somewhere. He's not going to work hard. He's not going to do it. He's just, it's time. Don't you think it's time? 
to make a decision. And, and Aaron Rodgers says, I got to see what it feels like once I get away from this, that loss to the Lions. Um, there's one di- major difference this year. There's no contract issue to work out. He's only uh, one year into a three-year, $150 million contract extension he signed last March. Uh, Rodgers would make a guaranteed, listen to this number, Listen to this number. He would make a guaranteed $59.465 million if he played in 2023. He has a $58.3 million bonus, which the Packers have the option to exercise any time between the first day of the league year, March 15th, and the day before the Packers' first game of the regular season. So the Packers made a huge, huge commitment to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers needs to make a commitment to the team or say, I don't want to be here anymore. The time has come. The time has come. To put up or shut up, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. So anyway, much more coming uh, on the NFL uh, with our picks as Larry Holder will join us here in just just a couple of minutes. Um, Speaking of that, you can tune in this Sunday for a wild card triple header on the game. It starts off in Buffalo. Josh Allen and the Bills take on division rival Miami with their third sting quarterback. Then it'll be all pro Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings taking on the New York Giants. And the day will be capped with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The action begins at 1130. You can listen to it here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a quick time out here when we come back. Larry Holder of The Athletic will talk all things NFL from the non-playoff playing Saints to all the playoff games. That's next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we're back 31 minutes after the hour. Uh, the NFL playoffs take center stage and all the speculation of um, job openings in the NFL and quarterbacks. Have they played their last games at certain places? Uh, Larry Holder of The Athletic, kind enough to join us to discuss these topics and much, much more. I always welcome his input and his opinion. Larry, Happy New Year. Good day, my friend. How are you? I'm great, and you're right. It, it is <laughs> All over the map here with playoffs and all of it. You don't know who's going to be the coach of where. Uh, Derek Carr has definitely said goodbye. So where does he end up? So yeah, it's a. uh, It's even though it's you you figured that there's only a few teams that are not playing, but guess what? There's a lot going on for sure. (laughs) 
All right, let's play a little game here. Should the Saints pursue Mr. Carr after he said goodbye to Las Vegas? Well, it depends on what is going to happen actually with Vegas. I mean, I don't think I would trade for him. And he definitely has a no-trade clause. And so when you think of it in that sense, uh, it's you're wondering, look, would he agree to anything? So I, if I'm him, I would not agree to anything and just get cut and go to mm-hmm. the team of my choice. And yet, how high is the ceiling for Derek Carr? I think that's uh, a big uh, kind of a quandary here if you're the Saints. I mean, it, it, isn't he just, isn't he another like, I mean, maybe this is blasphemous. Isn't he like an Andy Dalton or is it, am I completely wrong? I don't think you're completely wrong. And that, and that's part of the point. Like, do you think that he is such a better quarterback that you're going to go get him? I mean, that right. that's part of the problem. Like, so where yeah. do the saints want to go? I mean, do they want to continue with Andy Dalton, who is a free agent? Uh, we, kind of figure that Jameis Winston is not the future. And so when you have it in that sense, I mean, what do you do? So, I, I, like, I, if this was a year ago, maybe you try to trade for Derek Carr. If you're the Saints now, you don't trade for Derek Carr. Gotcha. All right, uh, let's play this game. Um, what's more likely, Tom Brady playing next year in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady playing next year for some other NFL team, or Tom Brady not playing at all next year? Done. Well, I think Tom Brady's going to play for another team. And, of course, the speculation is, oh, well, what if he travels with Sean Payton? I think that's a viable thing. Uh, but uh, it's it's tough if Sean wants to wait it out because guess what? It, it, he's, he's being interviewed for every job there is. And then mm-hmm. what happens if, say, Dallas loses this weekend? Or uh, and they would lose to Tom Brady, <laughs> or if the Chargers lose this weekend. So there's a lot of ifs ands with that. But I do think that there is no question that there could be a scenario where Tom Brady ends up with Sean Payton. But it's got to be the most perfect scenario, and I'm not totally sure if that's a scenario that that can actually happen. Well, it can't happen in Arizona because they're tied to Kyler Murray. It can't happen in Denver because they're tied with Russell Wilson. They paid him all this money. Uh, so what's more likely? Uh, you just had the Chargers coach play players in a meaningless Week 18, and he gets players hurt, including Mike Williams, who's out now. Um, or if Mike McCarthy does lose to Tampa Bay. Jerry Jones didn't get much younger. If he's after a Super Bowl, does he really believe Mike McCarthy can do it? Or does he finally get his dream guy in Sean Payton? Yeah, I'm fully convinced that if Dallas loses, they will fire Mike McCarthy and they will try to go get Sean Payton. But that just means it actually gives leverage to the Saints. So that's yeah. actually a big, a big time plus. Uh, but when you look at it, though, the most, if you look at it in all the jobs, Arizona does not have a GM, is you're not a coach. So guess what? Right. Sean can basically dictate who could be the GM. And would then Mickey Loomis it, go with him? Oh, well, Mickey would not, no. 
I okay. floated I floated an idea about about Jeff Ireland. Yeah, like he might be someone who could be going to go do that. And so when you look at it in that sense, uh, it's it actually is also determining. Well, do you believe in Kyler Murray? So I, don't, I, I it's there. There are so many balls in the air that we don't know the questions mm-hmm. uh, yet, and so. We don't have the answers if we don't actually all know the questions. Uh, we might know a few questions after this week. Has Aaron Rodgers played his last game in Green Bay? Don't I mean, he's going to make fifty, almost fifty-seven million dollars if he plays there next year. Fifty-seven. I mean, golly, what happens to him? Well, that's the way the Packers structured it. <laughs> so, uh, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I'd probably just play. But, no, I think we've heard about his frustration over the last few years, and it's certainly something that if you're that franchise, what do you do? But you pinned him to you, so what do you do? So yeah. it's it's a tough ball. And it's not like Green Bay is out there spending money and they're not, not like wheeling and dealing. I mean – the town owns the team. So I think that's part of uh, where you have to look at that. Crazy. All right. Larry Holder of the uh, Athletic. Lots of things going on. And we've got six games coming up, by the way. Um, San Francisco favored by what? Nine or ten? Uh, nine and a half now. That's a lot of points in a playoff game. Um, these two teams know one another really well. You got a rookie quarterback making his first uh, NFL start. They got a great defense. They got a lot of weapons. But that guy on the other sidelines played in a lot of playoff games. Geno Smith. I don't know. What do you think? Look, I think Brock Purdy has been playing so well, it, and it's funny because when I was doing some research a couple of years ago um, with someone I really trust, they brought up Brock Purdy to actually say, hey, this might be a guy the Saints might want to look at. And guess huh. what? All of a sudden, uh, he's in here. He's their third quarterback, and he's playing like a veteran. So, look, I'm going to tell you this, Jordy, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Uh, as we're going along and about right. playoffs, but I think the 49ers are getting to the Super Bowl. So I think, obviously, that okay. <laughs> that uh, the 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks. And Geno yeah. Smith, he has been so up and down. I actually have a, uh, an article coming out tomorrow about the ups and downs of the, the playoff quarterbacks and the history of how they're doing going into the playoffs. And so it's uh, it's going to be really interesting, but still, I, I think it's something that Brock Purdy is playing like a veteran, and Geno yeah. Smith is so up and down. It, no, I'm I'm definitely taking uh, Brock Purdy. Forty nine uh, the Chargers are heading to Jacksonville. The Chargers are a uh, two-and-a-half-point favorite, but everybody seems to be riding Jacksonville. I, I've said it all week long, and I'll say it to you. Gosh, I hope Jacksonville wins because I just don't like Urban Meyer. And you can see the difference in Trevor Lawrence with, with Urban in the rearview mirror and um, his new coach. Uh, and the relationship they have and how they have uh, turned this season around to get where they are to host a playoff game for a battle of two young, good, good quarterbacks, right? Agree, but I'm going with Jacksonville. I know. It's, I think that that team is 
kind of moving on up. I mean, it's look. I, I know the Chargers had a record and this, that, and the other. I just, I, I just feel like the Chargers, whenever the big time comes up, they flounder. And so I, I feel like that Trevor Lawrence and that team, and uh, look, you look at Doug Peterson. I mean, uh, that's that's a big time deal that they've got yeah. this thing rolling. So I, I believe in them. Uh, now I might not believe in them next week, but. I, I believe yeah. in them, so I'm I'm going with Jacksonville with this one. They've got they've got a lot of talent at um, in the in the Chargers, uh, but they got a young coach who I think made a boneheaded move last weekend. Do you think that's enough if they lose this game? Not, there's not many. I'm not saying Sean Payton is the end all be all, but he, you know he's got some skins on the wall. Uh, would the Chargers consider getting rid of Brandon Staley to get the opportunity to get? Sean Payton, who's out there on the West Coast, got they got a great quarterback. I mean, that seems like the ideal spot to me. Well, I've definitely speculated that, and I know we have on this show speculated about that being a landing spot. And when you look at it, it's it's something that do you trust the Chargers' ownership? I think that's a big thing, and yeah, Sean even. Said it. I mean, I've mentioned it plenty enough times on uh, on your show and then on other shows that ownership, general manager, like that is a huge deal. And I don't know if Sean trusts that. And also, I don't trust that Dean Spanos, the the owner of the Chargers, is willing to make a big contract for a coach. And then fire another one. Like basically, I'm calling him cheap. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, can he do that? Is he willing to do that? I think that's a that's a different question. But I, I look, I think that's one place where there's no question. If it pops up, Sean has to look at. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, Larry Holder, the athletic poor Miami third string quarterback has to go play at Buffalo, and the Bills are. Um, the, the the line has moved up to 13 and a half. That's it's, it's ridiculous, but 13 and a half. What do you think? <laughs> well, if you're asking me 13 and a half, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I think obviously the Bills are going to win. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, Skylar Thompson, uh, Jordy, you're going to get this reference. Uh, he sounds like uh, he's, a, he's a pledge and sick but tied at LSU. So <laughs> I'm not exactly trusting on this. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, you and your LSU alums, so we we get it. But yes. uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there's no chance. Even with two, even if Tua Tagovailoa was healthy, I don't even think that they'd be able to go and punk them. So uh, I don't believe it. No, so I, I think that's uh, that's going to be Bills all the way. I'm with you. Thirteen and a half. We'll we'll see. Uh, I don't know what to go on that. I don't make investments, but that's an awful lot of points. Uh, are the Giants the one team that you feel can go on the road and win uh, this weekend? They're at Minnesota. No, uh, I think okay. Giant. The Giants are smoke and mirrors, and that's actually an incredible job by Brian Dable to yeah. make them smoke and mirrors. I don't think though that the Vikings. They've got a great record. Obviously, we know their wide receiver, who is a stud, who I actually voted in on a poll in the Athletic. I made him my third choice for MVP. 
okay. behind Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. But still, I, I look. I, I just they can't do it. No, they the offense is to me not up to snuff. I think Kirk Cousins can get through this, but it's uh, nah. I, I think the, I, I'm going Vikings there. All right, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, we're not going to talk about all the what may be going on behind the scenes with Lamar Jackson and his contract. Is he is he really hurt that bad? Can he play and doesn't want to play because he has no contract? Who knows? Who knows? But you got to go up against Cincinnati and and the red hot Bengals and Joe Burrow and company. Since uh, he favored by ten in this one, what do you who do you got winning this one? Yeah, I don't care if Lamar Jackson played or not. I mean, it's going to be the Bengals. Like, okay. I, I, look, I'm probably uh, superseding what we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, but I'm I'm going 49ers Bengals Super Bowl. So I'm pretty sure okay. you know where <laughs> where I'm going in this game. So I'm I'm bowing down off of uh, even Super Bowl talk about Bills Chiefs. I think Bengals 49ers. Uh, so obviously, I think uh, Bengals are going to take this one. Okay, gotcha. Um, that leaves one game left, and that's the Monday nighter. Um, you talk about quarterbacks and their you know, their playoff play and all this. Uh, Dak Prescott has been the victim of some bad plays by himself, some bad plays by his wide receivers, some bad luck. That's why the interceptions are up. Sometimes he throws it right to the guy, and they bobble it up in the air, and it gets intercepted. It's not the quarterback's fault. Uh, Tampa Bay, the Bucks in the worst division in football, get in. Uh, man, Dallas is a um, three-point road favorite. Is Mike McCarthy, are you going with the team that might fire the coach? Are you going with the team with the quarterback that might not be there next year? I'm going TB, Tom Brady. They're figuring <laughs> out. And then all of a sudden, we got some chaos on a Monday. <laughs> Actually, on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, look, I, I, look I, I just – I have – Dallas has never, obviously, in my eyes, right. won a big game. I mean, they just haven't. Are they there yet? No. And they, and they struggle. Look at – that's it. Nope. I'm going Tom Brady. I'm going Buccaneers. And guess what? It's going to be Sean Payton, Dallas Cowboys, Chatter, Chaos. I oh actually love it. Let's go. Let's get it going. Oh, it's going to be – that would be ideal if that happened. It would make for great talk, and it would be so fun. Um, my goodness gracious. So, um, all right, Tom. The only way the Cowboys can win this one is if they get ahead early. Um, and they stay ahead. But if it comes down to that last drive, and you're looking at Mike McCarthy on one side and Tom Brady on the other, who are you going with? Thank you. Look, I'm taking Tom Brady. <laughs> last I yeah. checked, he's won, like, how many Super Bowls? Seven. Yeah. I'll take him. Yeah. You know, when you look at the records, if you if you didn't have a name above that and you looked at the resumes, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton are pretty darn close when you look at the numbers. Uh, I know you have to look at other things, but it's kind of weird, kind of funny. They It's kind of close. It really well, it's is. It's also weird. Well, actually, Jordy, it's really weird in the sense that Sean Payton wanted the Packers job in 2006 and Mike McCarthy beat him out. And so Sean goes to the Saints. And, of course, Mike McCarthy was the former offensive coordinator for the Saints under Haslett. And so you look at it all, and all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy bouncing around, this, that, and the other. Sean Payton's now doing all this stuff. But 
obviously they're both great head coaches. I mean, that's the thing. It's if you're here's the thing. It's not like Mike McCarthy's a dumb guy. Like, I think it's more about Jerry Jones is eighty years old, and if he wants to go try to get one, he wants to go get his guy. And Sean has been his guy for a long, 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 long time. So it's it's not like Mike McCarthy is unworthy of being a head coach. It's more that he might want to just say, "Hey, this is my team." Who knows how long I'm going to be alive? I mean, sad to yeah. say, but hey, I'm going for it. Yeah, boy. Speaking of alive, um, Charles White. I'll never forget that game in Tiger Stadium where, where the Trojans came to town. John Robinson was the coach, and uh, Charlie Mack was with LSU. Steve Ensminger was quarterbacking with um, uh, David Woodley. They were splitting reps and all. And it's the only time ever, ever. Think of think of USC starting backfield at fullback Marcus Allen at tailback Charles White. They both won the Heisman Trophy in their respective years at tailback. U. only time I ever saw an LSU team that got beat get a standing ovation as they left the field. They lost seventeen to twelve to USC. Never forget that. That's when they the um, the crowd uh, maxed out at seventy eight thousand people, and it was the loudest. I'd ever heard the loudest sustained roar I'd ever been around to this day. It was an amazing game. They were so good. They had so many guys. I mean, Ronnie Lott was on that team. Um, The offensive line all went to become all pros and in in the NFL Hall of Fame. It was crazy how good they were. Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned Charles White, he's in college football lore. uh, No question about it. I I only feel like the only, and it's, Oddly uh, comparable. The only thing I can remember in my, sorry, Jordy, in my day <laughs> is uh, it, it, with a running back duo, and it's actually USC related, would be, yeah. say, like Reggie White and Lendell White. Uh, right. I mean, Reg, Reggie Bush and Lendell White. And so, yes. uh, but yeah, it, but still, it's it, Charles White was such a, he was Whew, such he was a stud, man. Player. He was a stud. Oh, by the way, um, they took a bet, and uh, they did a line, and they said the 2019 LSU team would be a six-point favorite over the 2022 Georgia Bulldog National Championship team. What do you think of that? Uh, They should be a six-point favorite over everyone ever known to man. I mean, that's (laughs) – I'm glad I did not – here's the thing, Jordy. I didn't actually make, like, appointment watching for the national championship game. And yep. I'm glad I didn't, <laughs> yep. because yep. it was uh, <laughs> the appointment would have stopped at uh, probably in like second quarter. But man, I, uh, Georgia, I'm telling you, like everybody talks about Alabama, but my gosh, uh, I, you, I know you covered this actually way more than me. But still, my goodness, uh, they're they're the next Alabama. I mean, that's oh yeah. Forget don't Alabama, count TCU out uh, because I mean, they're going. Uh, don't count out TCU because Walker Howard's going to be throwing it to James Besh, and uh, um, there's going to be a pitch catch combination like they were in high school. That's where they're both going to go. We shall see. Larry Holder, we're out, we're out of time, man. I'll take your books to the bank, uh, your picks to the bank. So thank you very much. I hope you're better in these than you were the Saints in the regular season. Dad, gum. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope you have a cardboard box on the side of the road because that, that's where you and me are going to both be living together. 
Have a good weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. We'll take a time out. We'll come back and wrap up our number one here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. We're back, wrapping up our number one here on the Jordy Helper Show. Uh, Nick Saban's going to have to get a new defensive coordinator. Pete Golding leaving Alabama for <laughs> Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Quality of life. Quality of life. Saban works you hard, man. Works you really, really hard. Uh, we'll talk about this in much longer work. Very, very busy second hour coming your way. So stay tuned. This is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Tigers and the World Series champion Astros. We'll be right back. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, January 13th, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the studios of the game, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can pop on your television set as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Timing is everything. LSU and Alabama getting ready to match up on the basketball court. And Alabama's really, really, really good. I think they're a Final Four team. And then we get some news of a defensive coordinator leaving Alabama to go to Ole Miss. Uh, no one closer, no one knows more that goes on, on in the old capstone than my bu- good buddy Chris Stewart, the play-by-play voice of the Crimson Tide. He's kind enough to join us on this Friday. He's always busy, but he's uh, he's great to us, and we appreciate it. Chris, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you doing? Man, I'm great. Happy New Year to you, and boy, did you oversell me. But I do appreciate it. It's really kind no. of no, man, I'm telling you, um, under un- uh, unusual circumstances, you've always been the basketball play-by-play voice. How is our good friend Eli Gold doing these days? I, I pray for him all the time. Yeah, well, it's much appreciated and it's still needed. He uh, announced last week that he's been diagnosed recently with a, thankfully, as he termed it, a treatable form of cancer, yeah. uh, hoping for and praying, as you said, for the best in regards to that at some on top of some other issues that he'd had health-wise and uh, had had forced him, obviously, to miss this past football season. That's why uh, I was asked to step in for that and uh, just hopeful that the recovery will be a quick one and we can have him back uh, healthy enough to be able to to go back to work doing games uh, very, very soon. Well, I hope so as well. Um, I wanted to talk basketball a little bit, but uh, Pete Golding, Leaving to go to Ole Miss, your thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm not shocked. Uh, did not know that something was imminent, but uh, mm-hmm. not shocked. 
And look, you can you can read into that what you will. It's a good situation at Ole Miss, but mm-hmm. it's not Alabama. Uh, it's not LSU. It's it, it's not a you know a few others you can point to. And I don't mean that at all disrespectfully to uh, Oxford and Ole Miss because we've got so you and I both have got some friends over there, and that's a yeah. that's a heck of a place. But from a, a that's not a a uh, step up coaching wise. Right. You know, and and right. my guess would be. As you know, uh, Nick Saban has always had a reputation of being very tough, and is, and he's he's um, demanding. We all understand yep. that. If any any and everything that touches a program he's involved with, he's demanding of of being great. But you know, Jordy, you've seen it as well as I have. There are very few guys that he has ever completely cut loose without having a landing place for them, uh, and. He uh, he looks after people, and yep. I would not be at all surprised if this not was not a circumstance where he he realized that it's it's kind of run its course. Okay. With feet, but at the same time, he thinks the guy's still a good coach and can coach. And uh, you know, Lane Kiffin's looking for a coordinator, and the guy from Alabama is a pretty good guy to hire. That means he's yeah. the right guy anymore for Alabama, but not a bad guy at all for uh for Ole Miss and some good days are still ahead great days probably still ahead for Pete Golding in terms of his career but the the days had apparently run out in Tuscaloosa all right uh we will see Nick if if any coach is prepared to uh have to hire new coaches uh it is Nick Saban he does it just about every year um year in and year out so uh we shall see Chris Stewart with us let's talk some hoops um I, I I've been around a while. I, I saw the Leon Douglas um, yeah. CM Newton teams. I, I played against uh, T.R. Dunn and Anthony Murray and Reginald the Mule King. Uh, yeah. I've seen some really, really good Alabama teams. This season is far from being over, but this team in the capstone has a chance to maybe be the best team Alabama's ever had. They're pretty darn good. Uh, Jordy, uh, this is my 21st season on on play-by-play, and uh, you've you've just recapped some incredible teams. The ones, uh, some teams that Wimp had in the 80s, especially the mid-80s, the the one that was a two-seed, I believe, and and lost to uh, Rick Pitino's Providence squad that had Delray Brooks and some guy they called Billy the Kid uh, that, that beat them in the Sweet 16 and route to their Final Four run. That uh, that was a really good team that didn't didn't go all the way. Um, this bunch right here, though, as deep, as talented, as tough, uh, as cohesive a group as I have seen. Now, again, let's be real clear: we're 16 games into this. A lot right. of stuff, but the the scary part. And I guess if you're an opponent, the really exciting part, if you're an Alabama fan, as I fall into that category, uh, I don't think they have come close to hitting what their ceiling is as a squad. Not only is this a team that has so many young, talented players with three true freshmen in the starting lineup, but you've got a bunch of other guys that are first-year players. You know, Mark Sears is a – a junior and playing great, and a major mm-hmm. reason why Alabama won 
uh, in Fayetteville and won several other key games this year. But he's he's in his first year at Alabama. Uh, you've got you know Nick Pringle coming off the bench, who's new. Dom Welch is a guy that if you're not on the Bama roster and you're not a St. Bonnie fan and, and an 810 fan, you probably don't know who Dom Welch is. But Dom was one of the top seven coming in at the start of the year in this mix. And uh, and then had a lower leg deal, like a calf strain that took a long time to heal. He's only played about three or four games. And yeah. he may be one of the best uh, two, three-point shooters on this team. And he's hmm. just now he, he's only made like one, maybe two field goals. He's got a, you know, he's not even back into play in shape yet. Uh, hmm. You've got Namari Burnett, who was a starter and probably the best three-point shooter on the team and the best perimeter defender who has got at least another two and a half weeks before he's back from a, a wrist injury. Wow. So, I mean, they're not even at full strength yet, and they've got a deep roster that can play a number of ways, but they're going to always yeah. play tough, and it's, it's truly been a lot of fun to watch. Chris, for being young and counting on so many young players, you you, you blow out Kentucky um, at home, and a lot of young players would kind of get full of themselves, but they go right into yeah. Arkansas at Bud Walt Marina and win by double digits there. And that tells me an right. awful lot about Nate Oates and how he coaches. Um, not too high, not too low, kind of even keel, but, man, they play hard. They do. And, uh, you know, he knows how to get guys' attention. He, he always has. Um, it's a it's a group that yeah they're young, but they're hungry. And you know this as well as I and, and anybody else that's paid attention. The game is so different. Young doesn't mean what it used to be, right? Um, right. Or it's not as much of a negative as it used to be because everybody's yep. dealing with it uh, between between freshmen who are great and then move on after one or two years to the, the next level, or you're talking about guys transferring in yep. uh, that are, you know, Sears is a veteran guy, even though he's new to the roster. But what, what classifies as new and young doesn't necessarily mean inexperienced and immature anymore the way it used to. So this is a mature group, even though it's a young group, it's an incredibly unselfish group as well. And that's, you know, uh, Brandon Miller's a prime example. Yeah. He's one of the best players in college basketball. Not only did he not score in the first half against Arkansas, he didn't take a shot. Hmm. Okay. And a lot of that's attributed to Arkansas and their defense, but it's also him not, him, him having the maturity and the unselfishness to not force things. And while he may not have got getting his points, Mark Sears is lighting it up. And we got a tie game at the half, and Alabama hadn't even played very well. Wow. But when they, when they get down to crunch time and it comes to him, a perfect example is four and a half minutes to go. Arkansas's cut it from 12 down to two. The place is going bonkers. Going nuts. Yep. They calls a timeout. Um, uh, they get it to Noah Clowney, which is a prime example of, of why this team's so good. I've just run through about seven guys and never mentioned the kid that may get drafted in the first round behind Miller, and that's Clowney. Uh, mm-hmm. Clowney hits a three in the corner, and then 
I mean, Jay Bill, I went back and watched a few minutes of the broadcast. Jay Billis has just talked about on TV how, you know, what a great job they've done on Miller and made him a non-factor. And literally 45 seconds later, the kids made two threes, and it's <laughs> over. I mean, it's, yeah. it's three and a half minutes to go now. And Bama's got that back up to 11 again, and they're That's starting to head for the exits. Uh, yeah, just it's, just it's for people's inference, uh, Brandon Miller, the freshman, averaging nearly 19 points, shoots 44% from the field, 45% from downtown, 83% from the free throw line, getting you eight rebounds a game. Um, and man, he he's, he fills all all the brackets. Um, and I think it's the best Alabama team I've seen and, and a very well-coached team. They, Man, I, I don't know, LSU can even hang close in this thing. But, but you play the game and you never know what's going to happen sure. but um interesting I, i'm just really curious about nick and um because I, I know it's sticking to him that everybody's talking about georgia now everybody's talking about georgia and i, I know nick's going wait wait just a minute but that sec yeah. west don't don't you feel like um that brian kelly and lsu are kind of back in the hunt a little bit and um oh, uh, it's no going to be an interesting race between those two Look, Brian Kelly's a great coach. He uh, to make Notre Dame as relevant on the national scene in today's college football as he did tells told me all I needed to know about him because it's tough there. I get it. Yeah. It's not Good one point. arm tied behind your back, but when you're talking about being among the top four or five, it's not an easy job at Notre Dame. Okay, it's not easy anywhere, but it it's really oh. tough there. They got some things working against them. They got a bunch of stuff going for them, but they got when it comes to trying to win the brass ring, it, it's it's not an easy deal to get back in that mix. And for him to have them at least in the picture each year uh, told me what anything you needed to know about what he's capable of. Now, you give him an opportunity at LSU. I'm not shocked if they were this good this fast. Okay. Uh, I think they're going to be phenomenal. Uh, I think they, they will be right there in, in the the Alabama-LSU games that we've experienced in recent years. And the importance uh, of those games that we've seen is is going to be the same year after year. With that guy yeah, in charge and, right. and uh, Coach Saban still doing his deal in Tuscaloosa, this is uh, it's going to be Alabama LSU like we're accustomed to, and in about, we're going to have it, more. We're going to have more like what we had this past year than uh, than blowouts one way or the other. That's for sure. In about fifteen seconds, um, Nick still got that drive, got that fire. You, you see him coaching through the end of his contract. He uh, look. I don't even know how long the contract is anymore, but I'll, I'll say this: he still wants to win as much as he ever has, and he still knows how to get it done. And I'll be shocked if we're not in the mix once again. I don't blame you at all. Uh, Chris Stewart, one of the nicest guys in this crazy business we call show business. Um, thank you, my friend. I'm so happy that you are healthy and doing fine. You, and God bless you, buddy. Thank you so much. He has. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you, Stuart. Right, you care. take care. Chris Stewart, truly one of the nicest guys in the broadcasting business, the play-by-play voice of the 
Crimson Tide. Um, now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home Smart Speaker, you can now listen, use it to listen to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere you go. Fridays with Faust when we return. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hey, George. Happy Friday, buddy. How are you? Doing well, Jordy. Happy Friday to you as well. You're not superstitious, are you? Friday the 13th? Is that, uh, ooh, what do you think? <laughs> no, I'm not too superstitious. But, uh, I always think it's kind of interesting just uh, to see what people get you know, nervous about or what they're not going to, no, no black cats crossing their path or something like that. You know, don't walk under a ladder, seven years bad luck. Don't break a mirror, seven years bad luck, you know. But I'm not super I'm not superstitious. I was when I played, but I'm not on uh, any other things along those lines. All right, let's see. Hey, I see where your your hottie toddy's got an offense uh, defensive coordinator stolen from Alabama, Pete Golding, coming to uh, the Grove. Hey, look, you know you got to do what you got to do in this day and age of college football. You know, trying to climb yeah. the ladder. More, more interesting than that, though, Jordy is I, I was looking at the. Uh, you know, scrolling through some stuff, and I saw where some some guys asked Josh Heupel how how what would be the perfect playoff scenario, and Josh Heupel said, "Take the top four teams in the SEC and just play it out." I was like, you know what, he ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really curious kind of when they go to this twelve team playoff. Um, this committee, how, how many SEC teams do you think they'll cap it off at? Because, right. you know, three, four, I mean, it, it, they, it very easily could be that many. Yeah, I, that, that's true. I, I like, do you, or is there a formula where you say you got to take the, uh, the, the five power conferences, you, you have to take their champion, yeah. and then, then – Maybe like uh, I don't know, and then have like one or two spots reserved for a group of five champion that goes undefeated, you know, and then yeah. and then so what's that seven? So that leaves four, and then uh, like then you can put in the second second place teams of those power fives. I guess I, I don't know how that's going to work. It, it, it's got to. I'm anxious to watch it though. That, I tell you what. Some people don't like to expand the past four or whatever. I think it's great. I like it, it, oh, it makes yeah. it a little bit gives you that March Madness type of feel. Look what we have this weekend with the NFL. I mean, there's six games in three days. Come on, that's right. that's what we right. want. <laughs> that's what we want. That's what college football has been missing. Um, I don't think there's any question that that's uh, that's going to be the case. Um, how's basketball at UL? How's uh, the men can't win on the road, but they can win at home? Um, yeah. What do you think about Marlins took, group this year? I, I think they're they're. Uh, I think they just kind of, you know, something wasn't clicking right. They were they were far away on those first two games. 
uh, maybe a little bit uh, out of sync because of the trip, because of the travel, uh, which happens, I'm, uh, I understand, and you have to overcome it. But they almost did that uh, in those two games that they lost on the road. They came home, they got wins, and then last night, of course, they beat UL yep. Monroe and uh, up in Monroe. So the start of a four-game road trip for Coach Marlin and his crew. Uh, yeah. They'll they'll uh, they'll continue the trip. They go to Mobile next. Uh, so they're, they're at South Al uh, Saturday, and uh, I, I think they've kind of gotten to where they. It, that's not as far a trip, right? I mean, so I don't think they're going to be as yeah. affected by travel. Right, um, right. I just say, uh, like we were talking about before, I mean, they, they're going to have to find other guys to step up uh, because Jordan Brown is going to be the focal point of every team's uh, defense that they play. I've, pl- I've played enough games. I've coached enough games. I've broadcasted enough games. If you tell me you're on the road and you make 13 of 23 from the free throw line and you commit 20 turnovers, I'm, I'm going to say 95% of the time you're going to lose. Well, that's what UL yeah. did last night, and they still beat UL Monroe. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, sometimes – Sometimes the stats uh, kind of are, are adjusted, right? They don't yeah. always tell the whole story, I guess. But, yeah, <laughs> and turn the ball over, that's brutal, right? I mean, that tw- 20 turnovers, that, 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 that just yeah. can't happen. you gotta keep, you got you to gotta keep it around seven or eight, I think, to, to consistently be uh, a top-tier team. Well, they're thirteen and four overall. They've won three in a row, so they're three and two in league play. UL ULMs. That's not very good. Um, but you get a win right. on the road, and you take it, and you run with it, and you're you're thrilled with that. Um, what about Georgia and TC? What about that Georgia Bulldog team? You, you, that you was did, crazy, okay, right? I want to hear your thoughts because you saw Georgia play. And you saw LSU yeah. in 2019. Vegas came out with odds that the 2019 LSU team would be a six-point favorite over that Georgia Bulldog team that they just won the championship. What do you think? I I think LSU would would win that game, no doubt. No, yeah, I, I, the way that the way LSU's like, you take that team that got to the 2019 Tigers and, and, and just that we we all said it at the time that they were the best in the history of college football, right? I mean, yeah, right. so just because I, I think I think uh, Georgia's a good team and they started a dynasty here like with two two consecutive state and eight national championships, but that, you know, I still think the, the better team one-on-one, one game, is probably LSU's 2019 team. I, I really I, believe that. I mean, the, the talent agree. on that field was unbelievable. <laughs> I think LSU had more talent at at, the, at similar positions, and the quarterback. I, I, look, Stetson, Stetson Bennett is, is, you know, phenomenal for what he is, and I just think Joe Burrow was. <laughs> he's the BZ. I mean, he, he's the yeah. best. You know, he's still, I don't know how Georgia still, stops it's, LSU. It's an, What's that? I don't know how Georgia stops. I don't know how they stop Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, no. and no um, yeah. and on and on and on and on. I, I just yeah. don't see how. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. But it's amazing how quickly. See, that's what the difference. Georgia, that's their second championship in a row. Uh, LSU went from 
the greatest season ever to falling into the Grand Canyon, into the abyss. Um, <laughs> just right. crazy, man. Ed had it right there in the palm of his hands, and he just he just said, I don't care well, anymore. That, Let it go. It's crazy. Right. That's, that's the difference between building a program and just building a team. And, yep. and I, I think that's what you saw there. Uh, Georgia's done, and Kirby Smart, they've done a great job of building a program where they're trying to sustain it for years and years. Whereas I think what LSU did and Coach O, they put a great team together for a year, but they didn't consider how, how to build a program to right. sustain over years. And I think that's the difference between Coach O and Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's of the mindset, let's build a bigger program, not exactly. just a one-year wonder. One year, you know, the one-hit wonders. Yeah. Exactly. Um, George Faust, sports director, KLFY. You're a Saints guy. You, you follow the Saints. Should they go after yep. Derek Carr, or is he just a, a, a just a slight step up of, of an Andy Dalton? Would, would you go after him? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I've never been impressed with Derek Carr. I mean, he's he's obviously I, I think he's better than anything the Saints have on their roster. But I would I, I would hold out for maybe something a little better if I was the Saints. I would. Okay. I, I would. I, I think he's. If if the Saints got him, it would be better than anything they have on their roster right now, based on performance. But, but. I just think you can get something better. Uh, I, I think there's there might be something better down the down the line. Just kind of hold tight for a little bit. See what see what options open up. And, yeah. And and then if you have to go back to him, go back to Carr. If if the self-proclaimed America's team loses to Tampa Bay Monday night, <laughs> do they fire Mike McCarthy and go after Sean Payton? See, in my mind, I think that is a done deal. Like I, I like I know Jerry Jones went on the radio this week and he was talking about that doesn't affect. It's not going to affect Mike McCarthy. It's his job. Oh, he lies. But, Jerry, but right, everybody, all coaches lie. We all know that. Coaches <laughs> yeah, all tell right. you the, the some version of their own truth. And Jerry Jones thinks he's the coach. So uh, you know, <laughs> you, you take that mentality. That guy. There's no way. He, he. There's no way he does not pick up the phone and call and call Sean Payton and go, "Hey, are you interested?" And then what happens with with you know he might after he makes that call to sean because you know they're they, they know each other you know he goes and sean says yeah and then he comes out right, mike mccarthy's fired uh and then a week later it's sean payton in, in dallas that nothing would irk saints fans more than, than to see sean payton a year after quitting on the saints uh showing up in, in gray and blue and uh, <laughs> a star on his hat on his body. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Very I, interesting. All right. To answer, um, to answer the original question, I, I think that Mike McCarthy is coaching for his job. I really do believe that. No question. No question. I, I'm I'm 100% with you on that one, my friend. Totally. All right, George. Um, kids are awful quiet. Very nice. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they got a three-day weekend because of Monday's holiday. Uh, but you and right. I have to work, so what difference does it make? <laughs> right. It's, it, it's all part of, the, part of the drill, you know? That's, that's right. We pick the profession that never hardly ever gets a day never off. Quit. But that's okay. We that's love true. what we do. So thank you. Um, 
no, no, no Friday the thirteenth problems here, but uh, always fun having you, my friend. Have a great weekend, and thank you. All right, Jordy. We'll talk to you soon, man. Have a great uh, weekend as well. Thank you, my friend. George Faust, KLFY. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back. It is uh, Friday, January 13th. It's uh, my favorite uh, day of the week and my favorite uh, time of the show. Normally, uh, George Becknell will join James Mesh and myself. George is on vacation, so filling in and um, looking forward to it because right after he does this, he and James will um, have their own show um, coming up here on the game, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So we welcome in Matt Miguez, the the recently married Matt Miguez. Uh, how's the honeymoon period going on, big guy? And, and thanks for coming on board and filling in for us. I, I appreciate it. Jordy, always a pleasure. You know, uh, the, the honeymoon period has been fantastic so far. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. Any tips? Have you given any uh, dating tips to uh, to my boy James over there? You, you know, I try to, and and he just he he thinks he's too good for him, so oh. he he just doesn't he doesn't listen. Oh, okay, this man likes well. to stir the pot. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, there, Mister Mesh? This man likes to stir the pot. I've noticed. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's pick some games. I've got a couple of hoop games and some, believe it or not, some NFL games. We'll start with hoops because it's tonight. Uh, the Pelicans, 25 up, 17 down. They're, they, you know, without Zion, without Ingram, tough road trip. They've, they're five and five, their last 10. They're three and a half games out of first, a game and a half ahead of the Dallas Mavericks, who just beat uh, the Lakers out there in Tinseltown. They're at Detroit. Detroit is just playing for Victor Kembayana, the 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 big seven foot four Frenchman. Uh, the the Pistons are twelve and thirty three. Uh, Matt um, Pell's favored by five in this one. What do you think? You know, Jordy, looking at the Pistons, obviously they're without Cade Cunningham, who's going to miss mm-hmm. the rest of the season. Uh, Jaden Ivey ha- has had a good year so far as a rookie out of the G League. But another key piece that the Pistons won't have tonight is Jalen Duran, uh, their leading rebounder. He's averaging eight and a half boards a game right now. Uh, and then, you know, looking at the Pelicans, I think they're just angry after playing well against Boston and just falling short. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they take their frustrations out on on Detroit tonight. Give me the Pels. Yeah, this is one they've got to get. James Mesh, what do you say, buddy? I'm definitely leaning towards the Pelicans. You don't have C.J. McCollum and you don't have – I mean, you do have CJ McCollum. You don't have Brandon Ingram or Zion still, but yeah, I without you were breaking news to me or something, yeah, man. Right. I thought, well, what? No CJ? When did that happen? Yeah, no, I, I brain fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to me, this is going to be a big night since they won't. The Pistons won't have their leading rebounder. You're going to have to look towards CJ to continue to have success, as well as a big night from Jonas Valanciunas. And to me, that's all you're really going to need. I think this might be a little closer than some people expect, looking at the Pistons' bad record. But I'm definitely going to take New Orleans in this one. Yeah, give me the Pels in this one. Um, I, I want to see just from afar um, 
They've reconfigured the Alamo Dome, so the Spurs are hosting the um, Golden State Warriors. They think they're going to get about 68,000 people in there. Um, people may not remember this, but LSU played Georgetown in the Superdome and got 64,000 people to watch that. That's before they had the basketball configuration. You're looking like the players look like ants, but but uh, Dale Brown did that um, with LSU basketball, and now the Spurs are doing it in the NBA, so that'll be good. All right, let's get to the NFL. Of L um, Saturday and Super Wild Card Weekend that starts off with Seattle at San Francisco. The Niners favored by nine and a half. Uh, Matt, let's take it away, buddy. What you got? So the Seahawks have been impressive. Uh, they've won a lot more games than, than I predicted they would at the beginning of the season. Uh, but you, you know, you look at the Niners. They've got McCaffrey fully healthy again. Elijah Mitchell's back healthy. Debo Samuel's back healthy, and you know people can knock on Brock Purdy all they want to. The young man has shown me nothing to say that that he can't lead a team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and with the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs, Brock Purdy doesn't really have to do a whole heck of a lot. So, I, I think this divisional matchup is going to be fun up in uh, in San Francisco. Give me the Niners. All right. James Mesh, do they cover the nine and a half if you pick San Francisco to win it? For me, I'm actually going to go a little wild on this one, on this wild card round, and I'm actually going to take the Seahawks outright to win this game. I think of the three divisional matchups that we're going to see between Buffalo and Miami, uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati, this is the one where this is going to be the closest in my eyes, and the Seahawks, I had seen a video earlier in the week where Geno Smith, he's hitting the gritty, a couple of other players are doing it in front of the camera, and then all of a sudden, out of the corner, you see Pete Carroll riding a scooter down the hallway. It's like, what's going on up in Seattle? And to me, that either tells me that they're going to get their face crushed in in San Francisco on Saturday, or they're just super confident and we just don't know it, and they actually come out with a big win. Geno Smith, as crazy as it sounds, he hasn't had a good career but this year he's really stepped it up and they're relatively healthy so I gotta believe they're gonna put it to Brock Purdy who we haven't seen had any controversy yet so to me I'm gonna take Seattle uh, they're doing the gritty and he's riding a scooter because they see the inevitability. And everybody talks about the 49ers offense. I'm here to talk about the 49ers defense. Geno Smith, get ready. I think this is going to get ugly. Give me the 49ers. Give me the points. Give it all to me. Niners uh, advance. Uh, let's move to um, the last game on Saturday, the night capper. Uh, a lot of people like Jacksonville, the Chargers are favored in this one by uh, two and a half. Matt Miguez in in Jacksonville. Who do you like? This is going to be the ugliest game of the weekend, Jordy. Uh, you know, both both teams have under underperformed. I mean, the the Jags have been on a hot streak as of late, but I think there were some people that maybe expected a little more out of Jacksonville this year. Uh, with Doug Peterson coming in, the Chargers is is one of those things where I, I think if they lose to Jacksonville, Brandon Staley's job could be at risk, and that opens up another potential landing spot for, for Sean Payton. I see this one being very low scoring. I'm taking the under in this one. Give me the Jags and a close one at home. Jags and a close one. Okay, um, wild man over there. I know you're not betting with your money when you're making picks like you're making, but go ahead. Who you got? <laughs> I'm taking the Jags on this one. Uh, the Chargers, you, they were not going to have Mike Williams, who actually has a few fractures in his back, and 
even if the Chargers were to move on, they wouldn't have him for the next couple of weeks anyway. So that's a big blow to their offense. And they've had quite a few injuries over the year in that wide receiver room. I think it'll be a lot easier for Jacksonville to be able to lock down Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I don't think this one's going to be very high scoring, but I think the Jags do come out with the win on this one. They do have Travis Etienne. They got Christian Kirk, who's really stepped up this year, and Trevor Lawrence, who may not go far in the playoffs this year, I think we'll able we'll be able to get it done in Jacksonville. Uh, one of the reasons why the coach for the Chargers should be fired, playing players in a meaningless game, and they get hurt. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, give me Jacksonville, because I've said it all week long. I've said it all year long. I, I'm not a fan of Urban Meyer. I want to see them succeed and prove um, what a stupid hire that was, and glad he is no longer uh, in the building. So that wraps up Saturdays. Okay, you said that was going to be the ugliest game, Matt. Um, how about the next one? Miami with their third string quarterback leaving the 85-degree temps of um, uh, South Beach, heading to Niagara Falls in Buffalo, taking on uh, all the things that the Bills have going for them with their great quarterback and the fact that DeMar Hamlin is back in Buffalo, out of the hospital. He's back home. I mean, Golly, it's already a 13-and-a-half-point spread. Tell me about it. Jordy, actually, I think this one's going to be closer than people anticipate. Okay. Now, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to pick Miami to win. I think Buffalo does enough to get the win, but I would not be surprised if this was a 7-point or a 10-point game with weapons like Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill for Miami. They've got a good defense as well, so they could force Josh Allen into some mistakes. All right. He likes Buffalo to win, but take the points and the fins. James Mesh. Both games, whenever Buffalo and Miami played one another, it was relatively close both times. I think the 13 and a half, even with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, is too much. I think you're going to try and get the ball into Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert's hands as much as possible. And really, ever since the second half of the season, Josh Allen has become pretty turnover prone so we may see it a couple of times and if not they just may be super conservative to where you may not see them hit 30 quite yet you may see this become a 24 21 type of game 21 24 20 where it's a little lower than maybe people anticipated from buffalo but it'll still be enough for them to get the job done it's an awful lot of points in a playoff game i i granted i give you that um I'm riding Buffalo. I, give me Buffalo in the points. I don't know why. I just I just got a f- funny feeling about that. All right, we go to the next one. We've got the Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, took a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer for the Vikings to win. The Giants had about 450 yards of offense in that loss. They get to play it again, and the Vikings, who just keep winning, but nobody believes in them for some reason, the Vikings are a three-point home favorite. Uh, Matt Miguez, does the road team win this time? I think they do, Jordy. Uh, you know, the the Vikings, uh, as good as they have looked at, at times this year, I think they might be the biggest pretender in, in the playoffs this year. I love Justin Jefferson and the things that he's been able to do, but you've seen Kirk Cousins only be able to perform well if it's high noon and it's going to be at 3.30. I think Saquon <laughs> has a big game and the, the Giants pull the upset here. All right. He likes the Giants on the road. All right, uh, James Mesh. 
Matt took my stat from me. Sorry, <laughs> bud. Hey, but it, I mean, it's it's a fair point because if you look at Kirk Cousins in his career, he does very well at noon at one o'clock. But if we're playing three thirty, if we're playing a night game, oh, that's a completely different Kirk Cousins. Oh, that's a completely different story. I love Justin Jefferson. He was he was a reason why I made a big reason why I made it so far in my fantasy championships. But in this matchup, the Giants they don't have a lot to work with on offense. It's a, it's a lot of Saquon Barkley and. You got to lean on Daniel Jones a good bit with his legs, but I feel like that could be enough to get it done. To me, they had to kick five, six game-winning field goals throughout the season to get to thirteen and four. It feels like your your luck is running out, and to me, in the playoffs, with a with a bad time slot for you, I feel like this could spell doom for Minnesota. Uh, what did Bill Parcells always say? You are what your record says you are. Give me the Vikings uh, at home to win it. Um, Justin Jefferson bounces back, and Kirk Cousins, they just keep on keeping on, and they're going to be blowing that horn uh, inside that building. Give me the Vikings in that one. All right, let's go. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Bengals favored by 10. I don't know who's quarterbacking for the Ravens. I know who's quarterbacking for the Bengals. Matt Miguez, is that enough to uh, convince you? Oh, the Bengals win 100%. I don't care if it was Lamar Jackson under center for the Ravens. You're, okay. not, you're not slowing down Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in Cincy. Uh, yeah, uh, give me give me the the Bengals in this one. Bengals? All right. Uh, James Mesh, they win it by 10? Oh, I could see that. I could really see that by 10-plus. I mean, Ravens, offense hasn't been very good, and, now you, and we've seen what they do with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, and that's going to be who's the one probably starting on Sunday. So I'm taking the Bengals easily on this one. Bengals have ripped off eight straight wins, not counting the cancel game. Uh, they look pretty darn good. Give me give me the Bengals in this one. Yes, indeed. And now the one that everybody's wondering, will they fire the coach if they lose? Is Tom Brady playing his last game at Tampa? Um, both teams at Dallas looked terrible in their, their week 18 game. The Bucs didn't look much better. Who's going to win this snoozer? It's a Monday nighter. Um, Cowboys versus Tampa Bay and the boys are a three-point road favorite. They haven't won a road playoff game since 1998, I believe. Three. 1993. Uh, 1993, even worse. Um, okay, Matt McGez, talk to me. You know, I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I respect Dak Prescott as one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and I don't think that he's going to have two bad games in a row. Uh, so I think he bounces back in a big way. I, I know Tom Brady is is the goat in the playoffs, but I don't trust the rest of his team. Give me the Cowboys in a close one. All right, James. <laughs> I'm going to take the Bucks on this one. I'm not necessarily saying that it's full blown conclusion that Mike McCarthy will get fired from this, but it definitely does make the controversy a lot more interesting and does make it a lot more juicy. Could potentially be something that could happen. I think overall, I do trust the players on the Buck squad other than Tom Brady more than Matt does. I mean, most of these players, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield, Devin White, Levante David, you know, all the guys that were there whenever they won the 2020 Super Bowl. I think that's something that really could matter. You've lost eight straight road games since that 1993 for the Cowboys. To me, streaks are meant to be broken at some point, but to me, it's not going to happen Monday night. 
Tom Brady, as you all know, has never lost to Dallas. He's 7-0. and uh, Dallas is the better team. Give me the Cowboys uh, to be the team on the road to win, and then we'll see if Tom Brady and Sean Payton end up going somewhere together. We, we shall see. All right, one more before we get out of here. Oh, God, I, I hate to even bring it up, but LSU Hoops Saturday has to go to fourth-ranked Alabama. Uh, it's the best Alabama team I've seen, and I've seen them all um, back when they were really good to back when they weren't good to now. They're, they're really good. Uh, Matt, does LSU have a snowball's chance? I mean, there's always a chance. There's there's a reason you step on the court and play the game. But, I mean, Coleman Coliseum is a very tough place to play. Nate Oates has the tide running on all cylinders right now. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be too much for Matt McMahon and company. All right. James Mesh? I lean the same exact way at this point. I don't trust consistently enough LSU shooting. The defense is good. But to me, having the defense be good isn't going to be good enough for them to beat the Tide. So I think they they drop another game as we get into a tough part in the schedule for LSU. Even on a good day, LSU can't hardly score 70 points. They average about 68 points a game. Bama's averaging 86 points a game at home. Roll, Tide, roll. All right, there's our picks for the uh, the weekend. Matt Miguez, thank you so much. James Mesh, as always, we'll come back. We'll wrap this bad boy up. Friday edition, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champs, the Houston Astros. We'll be right back. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, time to uh, wrap this up today special thanks to all of our guests larry holder from the athletic talking all things nfl chris stewart play-by-play voice of uh, alabama basketball tigers have to head into uh, t-town for a hoops game tomorrow george faust from klfy matt miguez james mesh and my uh, i appreciate you guys helping me out and making some picks of some games it's gonna be a fun fun weekend nfl takes center stage don't forget about the pels tonight um yeah don't forget about you can listen to the the wild card games here on the on, on the game on uh, sunday you can listen to lsu basketball on saturday so we'll get you covered all weekend long if today january 13th is your birthday happy birthday from all of us to all of you if you are a hockey fan you know who this dude is um connor mcdavid Young and terrific. He is 26 years old today. So um, I hope everybody has a fabulous, fabulous weekend. It's cold out there. Get out there and enjoy it a little bit. Uh, We will be here Monday on Martin Luther King Day. We'll recap all the NFL playoffs. We'll see if anything else happens in the portal. We'll see um, about the Pels, about the Tigers and hoops. So um, we'll we'll have it all for you. So uh, James Mesh, thank you so much for all that you do each and every day. I really greatly appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening, whether it be on the radio, 1037 FM, 1041 FM, whether it's streaming, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, or if it's on television. So we appreciate that. Thank you to our partners who make it possible each and every day. So have a great Friday. Have an even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time, 2 to 4, same great stations. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Uh, Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.